I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with KR. KR is joining us from as the co-founder of KJ Consulting um, and he is uh, an example of a, of a young professional who has built quite a real estate portfolio. Um, what I'd love to do, KR, is just have you kind of tell your story. Uh, I think it'll be much more interesting coming from from your mouth, but but thank you for coming on the show today. Well, I'm so happy to be here. Um, I, I, I am just grateful uh, to have the opportunity to be on your platform and to share my story. So I grew up in Philadelphia with six siblings, uh, single parent household. Um, my mother raised all of us. Um, we were, I like to tell people we were so broke, we lived on both sides of one street. We lived on the even number side and the uneven number side on Walton Avenue. And I remember very vividly, um, I overheard some friends talking about me when I was in middle school and they said, hey, are so broke. Um, they were having a cookout and it's like 10 inches of snow outside. At that time, we actually didn't have electricity or gas. We were having a cookout on the porch. And so I remember being super young and saying, oh my goodness, whatever happens, I never want to be this broke again or this poor again. And that vivid memory has always stood with me. So I, I pretty much got a PhD in being a tenant because we were moving from left to right all over the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And so when I was growing up, I always saw like, I saw homeless people, I saw drug dealers, I saw business people, I saw teachers and doctors and police officers. And I will always see these people and I would say they're getting old and someone's gonna have to replace them. And for me, I said, I wanted to replace the businessman and the landlord because I can only imagine how much power he had over my parent um, in terms of telling us where they had to live. I said, what? when I get older, I'm gonna own some assets. And so I remember that my mother had a good heart. She was really passionate, but she didn't really understand money management. My local church was always raising money didn't really understand money management. And I saw some small businesses also struggle. And so for me, I said, I'm going to immerse myself into money management and real estate at the tender age of 14 years old. So I would go to part-time job, but then on the weekends, I would spend my time in the University of Penn bookstore at 36 and Filbert, 36 and Walnut. And I would just read, read, engross myself in those books. And what happened is that I just applied myself and I went from being a really poor kid to um, really doing really well in high school and then got a full scholarship, went off to Bowdoin College and then went off to work at Goldman Sachs doing investment banking. And in 2009, I bought my first rental property. And then by 2018, I was at nine doors. 2019, I got to 35 doors. In 2020, I got to 105 doors. And then I also retired from working on Wall Street in August 31st. 2020. So um, it's been quite a journey. Um, and I've learned the whole business from A to Z. I have my own property management business where we do landscaping, a little light rehab, some cleaning. Um, so it's, it's been quite a, quite a journey. I live in New York City. So that's the quick rundown about my background. 
Awesome. Awesome. That's there a lot that we can talk about there. I, I love it. I think um, your, your sort of childhood situation resonates a lot with me. We had similar, uh, uh, similar backgrounds. We, we, we also did not grow up with, with much money. And, um, you know, I think, you know, you, you give, we give credit to our moms, right. For, for taking care of us and, and doing the best that they could, but you know, it's not their fault. They didn't know about money. Nobody teaches us. I didn't know about what to do about money until, I mean, you, you made smarter decisions earlier than I did and that you got right into it at, at a very young age. So that's awesome. Um, so let, let's actually maybe go back to that when you, you said you went to the bookstore and you were kind of you yeah. know, getting started and, and digging in. What, what did you come across? What sort of uh, you obviously saw the landlords and thought, "Hey, this is this is the way to go," and and I felt the same. I'm like, so I at least knew as a young kid, we're giving someone else money every every month. Yes, yes. Known it. I knew I knew enough to know that, right? We don't. Yes. We were giving someone else money, and we didn't own it. How do we flip that script? And so I I at the very least knew. I never wanted to rent. That was my, to, at least for me, that was my thing. I don't, I don't want to mm. rent. I want to, uh, I want to own whatever I have. So what I, I'm really curious kind of at that, you know, when you're 14 and you're get in the bookstore, what, what kind of things were you reading about? What really inspired you to, to kind of keep going down that road? Well, what was very fascinating was that my stepdad at the time set me down and I had uh, siblings who were teenagers and they were, teen moms or what have you and a brother that was a teen uh, parent and so what my stepdad had said to me at the time was that look I may not know exactly uh, I may not have uh, applied what I know to be successful in America but if you just do what I tell you don't do as I do but do what I tell you you could be successful don't be an f up like your mother and I um, and other family members and that really resonated with me um, and so what I started to do is I started to read various books like by Napoleon Hill. I read um, articles on very successful people. I read like The Intelligent Investor. I read books written by Peter Lynch. Um, and I just kept reading and reading everything I get my hands on in terms of business, wealth creation, money management. Uh, and so I start saying, okay, so this is how people own certain things. Um, and so that's what really, really got me going is starting to, to connect the dots with reality and looking at my surroundings and my family members. And at one point we lived in a studio apartment with like 15 people and we didn't have a bathroom door. We had a bathroom sheet. We didn't have a stove. We had a hot plate. We didn't have a shower. We just had a bathtub. And I was like, I am tired of being friends with roaches and rats. I said, I got to get the hell out of here. And so... That's where it really, really started for me at that really tender age of really just starting to look up and pay attention to what was going on and say, look, if I just apply myself just a little bit, I always tell people, if you do what's necessary, then do what's possible. You will find yourself doing the impossible. So what I first started to do is say, look, let me just get up every day, brush my teeth, floss, eat breakfast, stay out of trouble, be a good person, work hard, and then just apply myself a little bit. And before you knew, I got like a full scholarship to go off to college. Then I was able to work at Goldman Sachs, one of the top banks. Then I was able to start a real estate portfolio, put my head down, keep working hard. And before you knew, I woke up and I was a multimillionaire, um, basically going from a negative net worth to being worth $2 million. So it was quite a blessing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, it's just such a great story, right? Like the, that's the stuff that, but it's, it's the, the thing is, a, it's, a, it's a great story, but also like you're a perfect example of you, you just did it right. Like any, anybody really can do this, right. You, you know, as you, your stepfather said to you, just, just don't screw up, right. Just don't screw up, follow this path and, and it can be done. It's possible. So it, it's a really, uh, really very inspiring. And so then you went to college and you, you ended up uh, at Goldman Sachs. So it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I do think a lot of people, when, when people get into investing, a lot of people start with stocks, right. Cause that's the, maybe it seems more accessible. It's, it's kind of what people, oh, yeah. people know. And so I started with stocks as well. I started with stocks. I actually wanted my, uh, to invest in stocks at 14, but I brought home um, all these brochures. I went to like 15th and market or 16th and market, went to like a Charles Pop office, got all these brochures and bought a home and told my mother, I said, I'm ready to invest. All I need is this you to give me the authorization to be, she said, what? You're not you're losing one dime on my watch. When you're 18, you can do what the hell you want. And so I just settled for certificate deposits until I turned 18. And then I did buyahome.com accounts where you can buy a fraction of a stock. But I always knew that I wanted to buy real estate. And so that was always the end goal. But I definitely started with stocks. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a, you maybe need a little bit less money to get started as you know, you know, you can buy fractional shares and things like that. So I think it's it's something, but but the point is, you got started with something, right? Mom yes. didn't let you start when you were fourteen. Maybe that's smart. Maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't be able to start uh, our own brokerage accounts at fourteen. But anyway, it's. Uh, I, I think it, it's good to have that. At least have that. Um, that mindset, right? Like, okay, I want to do something that allows me to multiply my money without actually having to work for it because there's only a certain amount of time in the day. So, when yes. you when you got to that point of sort of getting started with real estate, you said 2009? Yes, 2009 when I bought my first um, property. And then I took the slow path. I went from 2009 with one unit and it took me until 2018 to get it. What I had told myself was that if I do what's necessary, then do what's possible and find myself doing the impossible. So the first year I'm getting like $10,000 in rental income. By year 2018, I'm making about $85,000 a year in rental income. And I still have my nine to five, which I'm living off. And then for those properties, I would do a refi cash out and I could just put that into my savings account. And then also the rental income cash flow, I could put that into my savings account. So therefore when 2019 came around, I could start buying apartment buildings. So that was the strategy was that I'm going to play the long game. I'm not going to be obsessed and run and try to run anybody else's race. I'm going to run my own race. So that was my strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's really smart. And I think that's, you know, I, I hear people say real estate is a, is a, not a get rich quick scheme. It's a get rich, slow scheme, but get rich, get rich certainly. Right. So you, you took your time, but, but then, you know, you, you went from, one door to now 105 doors but the yeah. the bulk of that came in just the last few years and so it it's oh, another yeah. it's another illustration of you know kind of how that scaling opportunity works right you get in there and you have uh 
you 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 use the equity, you use the principal pay down, you use all of that stuff to build yeah. up your money, you refinance, now you've got a big chunk of money, and now you go get some more, and then that compounds and builds on itself, and you just keep you keep doing that. If yeah. you stick with it, it's like it's it's almost <laughs> I guess it shouldn't not completely impossible, but like almost impossible to fail at that, at that strategy. It's almost impossible. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If you just stick yep. with that strategy, you don't do stupid things with the money. You know, you just kind of keep, keep yep. it building because now, you know, as you mentioned, you're able, you're able to quit your W2 job. You're, you're a full-time yep. real estate investor and you have, enough passive income to to live on and that like, yes that's what everybody wants like that's real realistically and, that's and, what everybody yep. wants make work and option. that's what i yep and that's what i i tell people is that look i i didn't want i wanted the day to come where they say where's kr um and someone said did he call in sick no they say he called in rich and so i always knew i wanted that day to come and in my class i actually teach this strategy where i say look I want you to do an easy breezy cover girl house. And what I mean by that is you don't necessarily have to do the HGTV house where you got to um, gut everything and get it down to the studs and replace it and take forever to fix it up. What we're doing is buying houses that may look rough back, pretty rough back in the day like Queen Latifah, but now look absolutely beautiful. I find something where we put sheetrock on sheetrock, we refinish the floors. We don't have to do um, a, a, an aggressive rehab we actually have something that's rented out. And so I tell my students, look, if we can find something around the country, once you know how to analyze different markets, you can find something, let's say $30,000, put 20% down, that's only $6,000. It already has a tenant in there. What's fascinating is that $6,000 is only saving $500 per month over a 12 month period. And I tell my students, if you do this for 10 years, you now have 10 rental properties, and you actually have increased the equity and you actually have gotten the rental income and you could have done some refi cash out with the money. And on addition to that, now your annual cash flows are higher. So now you can use that to either buy more houses or buy apartment buildings. But a lot of people, they don't understand patience and patience is your friend and expertise. That's the thing you get. If you take your time, you're less likely to make a mistake and you increase the odds in your favor because you understand the whole process. If you say you're gonna do one deal on average a year and you put all your attention to it, it's very unlikely that you're gonna get burned. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are all really, really great points that it's just like, it's. I think sometimes, and, and I mean, I feel, I feel like I've been guilty of this myself at times. It's like you see or you hear about people like, you know, Grant Cardone, right? Like. Oh, he's a billionaire. He has his own plane, all of this stuff. Great. Awesome. Uh -huh. He's also been working at it for like 40 or 50 years. Like he didn't just start yeah. yesterday. And the other thing is like, not everybody, you don't, you don't need that. That doesn't need to be your goal. You're, you're hundred exactly. percent right. Like one house per year per 10 years will allow you to retire. Like you will have yes. enough cash flow <laughs> equity principle. I mean, it's, it's almost guaranteed. And it's just like, it's funny once you kind of figure that stuff out, how I get very now, now very passionate about like, because I, I want everyone to do it. Like, I really want everyone to do it, invest in real estate some way, you know, whether it's active or passive, it doesn't, I don't care. Just do something to get yourself yeah. on the right foot. And especially 
I want to talk about it to young people. Because if you start this process, you know, maybe mom's not gonna let you do it at 14. But if you start this process when you're 25, yeah, and when you're 35, you have those 10 properties and you've built all this equity, and you're getting cash flow, like, how does the rest of your life from 35 to 85 look like a whole lot better than saying I work at this, you know, nine to five job for that, you know, the rest of my life and, and hope to have enough money to retire. Like, it's just when you have, when you have that power of the passive income behind you, it allows you to make better decisions in the rest of life. Like you, you can still work, but you don't have to take a job that doesn't pay you well, or doesn't treat you well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have options. You're not just you're not just needing to pay the bills. And so you can use the real estate to get to the point where the bills are paid. And then, right. And then it's just, that's like an open-ended statement, right? And then absolutely, it's the truth because I, I started when I was 26 and I retired when I was 37 last year. And so it's very, it's very doable. Um, If you come up with a framework and an approach to investing, you'll be surprised. Like you don't have to be the, now, of course, now I've made so much cash flows. I, I, I said earlier, I made like 10,000 a year the first year and then in rental income with one unit. Then I made uh, 85,000 in 2018 with nine units. And now I make close to 100 grand a month in rental income. So once you start, what people don't realize is that by year 10, when you're making like 85,000, then you get, let's say you get that down to 50,000 or 45,000 after all your expenses, that cash flow, is going to keep growing and you can use that for down payment to buy apartment buildings. And then those apartment buildings are going to get bigger. And so what happens is just this compound effect where now you can start doing a lot more creative things with your money. And I started like a vending machine business. You can start doing so many different things and be creative because you have that foundation. And so that's what I teach people. Like in my course, they hear about everybody saying, go out and get an LLC. And I actually, my first nine houses were all in my personal name because people don't realize when you get the LLC, you're actually going to get five year fixed. Then it could be 10 to 15, 20 years uh, amortization versus a 30 year fix with a lower interest rate. If it's in your personal name, you get the 30 year fix, you get the lower interest rate. You also will get a lower premium, annual premium for your insurance. So therefore you also could qualify for programs that's only for one to four units which like it's FHA or VA loan, or if you have a doctorate, put 0% down. They also have some small investor loans that are only made for people between one or four units in your personal name, not in an LLC. Um, and then the other things I tell people, I know you're concerned about liability insurance, but like when it rains outside, I put my raincoat on, but I also take out my umbrella. So you'll get regular insurance on a house and an umbrella policy on top of that for over a million dollars, which will protect protect you but people don't realize if you're getting five hundred dollars a month or let's say five hundred dollars a month in cash flows versus three hundred dollars a month in cash flows and you're starting out the first 10 properties that's five thousand dollars a month versus three hundred three thousand dollars a month that's going to have a big impact on your your life and what you can do in the future um and so i tell people be very mindful of these things that's what i teach in my course that really if you think about it most americans probably only need to live off about $4,000, $5,000 a month to take care of all their expenses and go on vacation. So we have to be very strategic and very thoughtful and methodical about how we go about things. That way you can really change the whole way you look at life. You can, just, you can outsource property management. 
you get you could pretty much what I tell people, look, most people, if they're honest with themselves, they're lazy. So why in the world, your whole life you've been lazy. Now you're going to wake up and you're going to do full guts. You're going to work with hard money lenders. You're going to do all this stuff that you've never done in your life. <laughs> and I'm trying to teach you to just be lazy, get a property manager, get a house that doesn't require all that work, run it out, be happy with the modest cash flows, and just scale. Right. I don't get it. People right. never manage money and they're lazy as hell. Now they're going to manage this whole process. They're going to become a GC. They're going to do all this. I'm like, wow. And I went to Ivy League uh, school for my MBA. And I still think that's a lot of work. Yeah. So I yeah. just don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, it's very true. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of, and I, and I think, well, you know, you, you, you mentioned HGTV before. I mean, that, like, that's what people see, right? They see like, oh, I need to go in and do this full gut. And it's going to be a, this amazing, beautiful house and blah, blah, blah. And sure, maybe if you're flipping houses in like Orange County, Southern California, that's what you need to do. But, but that's, not, yeah. that's not the norm. That's not really, that's just what looks pretty on a TV. And so if people get caught up in that, that sort of strategy, but, but you're right, find something that's a light rehab you're gonna you're gonna cash flow a decent amount of money. You know, sometimes people are like, "Well, three hundred dollars a month isn't gonna, you know, change my life." And it's like, it's not. That's a lot of money. If you have ten of those, now you're really starting to talk, and it's easy to do one at a time, like one a year, two a year, whatever. Like that's not hard to do to get something that starts to change your life. And so it's again, it's like you just you, if you can be a little bit patient cut expenses a little bit in the meantime, like, and then you will be able to do whatever you want. It's just, you're, you're, exactly. you're basically investing in your future quality of life. I mean, that's really what it comes down I to. I always tell people, you're going to work anyway for the next 10 years. You might as well just work the right way and just save the damn money and yep. buy a couple of properties. And before you know it, then you can be on creative and do whatever the hell you want. Yep. Um, but why take on so much risk? I, I tell my students, I don't encourage, now, if you have experience in everything, I encourage you to go get hard money lenders, borrow 50,000, 100 grand. I know someone that their first investment, they borrowed, they borrowed money to buy a property for 50,000. By the time they still haven't sold the property, they own it for three years. Now they owe, they're basically $280,000 in debt, plus $80,000 that they own hard money lenders. And I just said, you got in over your head. Yeah. So I always tell people in my courses, I want you to um, be okay with hitting singles. It's okay to hit singles, and then you're going to win the game eventually. Um, yeah. But a lot of people are misguided, um, and I think a lot of people are afraid. They don't know how to analyze different markets. So what tends to happen is that we're too emotionally attached to our, our, our local neighborhoods, and so our local neighborhoods could be a seller market, and therefore you probably can't buy in that market. It's too expensive. The numbers don't make sense. We're buying numbers, not houses. We're not buying our emotions here. And so, like, I bought five houses off the MLS, um, the multiple listing services, um, in Dar in Dar in, no, in uh, Harrisburg, five houses. They wanted 200, the seller wanted 200 grand. We agreed on $185,000. I didn't make any changes on the inside or the outside. The guy just wanted to retire. I'm getting like a 30% cash on cash return. I bought that was in, I bought that last July. 2020, uh, 2020, when people say, you can't find anything. I don't know where, it's just because we all look at stuff the same way. We all see the same stuff, but we don't analyze it and think about it the same way. And that's what the difference is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a, 
Uh, it's, it, there's so many opportunities, right? And it's like, you, you can do it. So you can, you know, you got to the point where you have, you know, so much in passive income every month, you can save it up and buy more of your own. You can take that money and put it in a syndication or something and just literally have your money, yeah. make money. Like there's so many different ways to approach it. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a shame that more people, I don't, I don't know if they don't know about it or they just don't aren't willing to be patient with it. I think that's probably a big part of it is, is yeah, it's not, it's not something that's going to, you know, sort of make you rich in two months. Like it's, it's going to take some time, but, but it will work. Like if you, if you use these strategies that you're talking about and you're smart about it, it, it will work. It's not, it's, it's about as guaranteed as any, as about as guaranteed as anything there is. It's not rocket science. I'm not asking to become a, a rocket scientist or become a plastic surgeon. I'm pretty much asking you to put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich together. Now, when you start buying apartment buildings, it's a little bit more complicated. But the single family, one to four, get a property management, do some uh, light rehab, that's not rocket science. That is like a, a market that's always going to be in demand. Even if you do something wrong, you can offload it. But the mere fact that you didn't take on that much risk to... to in the first place means that you won't be uh you you reduce the chances of losing a whole lot of money because you bought something that was already in the stable market um and so that's always been my approach now i do own apartment buildings i own a 24 unit apartment building a 14 unit apartment building with a restaurant down below i own two 12 unit apartment buildings a nine unit apartment building two six unit apartment buildings and a triplex and then i own single-family homes in the Philadelphia area, and then I own uh, six single-family homes in the Harrisburg area. So out of my whole portfolio, uh, 89 units are um, apartments, uh, and then the rest are single-family. So I do encourage people, once you have some experience in the banks like that, you have some experience and you have the net worth, then you can go play in the five units and up apartment space. Uh, and the reason I took my time is because I wanted to have primarily majority ownership of my portfolio. I don't want to be like in a syndication where I own 5%. I want to own over 80% of my stuff. Yeah. And so that's the other reason why I take the slow path so that you can show people you're an expert, you have your own money for the down payment, and you can qualify as your own guarantor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and that's a great point. And I've had uh, a, other guests or two that that are did it that same way where they essentially, you know, just built their way up, scaled their way up, you know, mostly on their own or with one or two other partners and didn't do it from a syndication standpoint. And it, I mean, it, it's a very good and viable strategy because I mean, realistically, like you owning 80 to hundred percent of 105 units is way better from a net worth perspective and a cash flow perspective than someone who maybe owns 5% of a thousand units. Like it doesn't, it's just, absolutely. it's, it's just a, it's, a, it's an interesting, I mean, syndication right now is, is very, uh, I think very sexy. Like people, people are interested in it and I think it's a good business model, yeah. but it's not the only business model. Right. And it's like, like yeah. Yeah. I say that as someone who is syndicating, like I, I think it's a great way to do it, but I also like, I would also like to do what you're doing. I'd also like to buy something, you know, in the six to 10 or a couple of things in the six to 10 unit area right around me here in Los Angeles. I can maybe even self-manage them at first. Like there's just, yeah. 
there's a million different ways. You know, if if you know construction and you want to flip houses, do that. If you, yeah, yeah. you, know, you can invest in notes, it's just like the list goes on and on in terms of the ways you can oh, get. I agree. I agree. Estate. And it's just figuring out whatever whatever works for your particular situation, and then and then just doing it because it does take a little bit of time. But once you get in there, like like right now, you you can do anything. Right. You can do, you literally can do anything. Like you have plenty of cash flow. You have all of these assets that are yours. You can do whatever you want. You can stop completely and just yeah, exactly. <laughs> live off that cash flow, or you can, really can now sort of scale exponentially because you have, because you've done that, those initial processes. So it's like people, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear this because it's like what you did in 10 years is it, it's and i'm not to, i'm not minimizing the amount of work you've put in but like it can be done and so oh yeah absolutely any like it's impressive that you've done it but it's also like you can inspire others to do it too so it, it's just it doesn't it's not just a one person thing it's not you know yep yep it's not well, i would admit that I would admit when people are in their twenties or in their thirties, and you buy like I bought something, say for instance, forty thousand. I put twenty percent down. Only need to put eight eight thousand dollars down. Had a tenant inside. We have the tenant move out eventually. I put seventeen thousand dollars to fix it up, and it appraised for one hundred forty-six thousand dollars. I get a hundred and one thousand dollar check at closing. It's really hard for people to be in their twenties or thirties to say, "Oh hell no." They like, hey, are you crazy? I am not putting that in no bank account. I got to enjoy that. I'm quitting my nine to five. So it definitely takes that that desire, determination, yeah. and that discipline. Because, and then I got another one I bought for 22000 I put 17000 in that. It appraised for one fifteen, $115,000. I get $86,000 check. And it's really hard to say, hmm, I got to put this aside because I want to eventually buy apartment buildings. That is the that is the hardest thing when I talk to people in their twenties and thirties. They say, "What you expect me to do that at twenty eight or thirty three? Are you crazy?" Yeah. So, but that's what it takes. It is, yeah. It's it's being extremely disciplined, and it it's being extremely disciplined for a while, right? It's not, you know, you yes. said the first one was in two thousand nine, and it wasn't until yep. two thousand eighteen, maybe, that you had really started to scale up right yes so, 2018 yeah i mean that's that's nine years but but then so people are gonna people are gonna look at that and say oh nine years is a long time to have you know a couple of units yeah but, but yep. what they are gonna miss is really the important part of that story not the no it's not the only important part because getting started is the important part but the the yeah then your ability to scale from 2018 to now, which is only three more years, yep. you went from a handful of yes. years to over a hundred in a very short yep. period of time. And that's what happens. That's yes. you, you start out that, slow and it's going to feel like you're not getting anywhere, but then you're going to hit that inflection point where it's like, wow, I can really do whatever I want. Like I can really yep, get, that, uh, oh, that's exactly this, how it happens. 15 units. I want these 30 units. I want this hundred unit, maybe like it, it's all, then it all becomes attainable. And it's like, you did, if you, but you have to start somewhere. So, so if that means you bought, you know, a handful of single family houses first, great, like do that, get, 
get some experience, learn about, you know, the process, mm-hmm. learn about the lending, because that's a big piece of it, right? That's a big piece of yes. how you're going to make money, learn about appreciation, learn a little bit about renovating, you know, not to say you mm-hmm. have to do it all, but just know, know what, how to, how to manage them a little bit. And then, yeah. then, you know, enough to then have other people doing it for you and, and really scale it as a business. So, I mean, really oh, kudos yeah. to you for, for doing that and, and starting it at such a young age. That's awesome. Um, and, and I, and I, it's very inspiring, I think to, I mean, it's inspiring to me, but I, but I think, you know, young, young people, should look at this and listen to your story and say, look, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you came from. Yeah. matters where you end up, right? Like it, it doesn't, yeah. Yep. You don't have control over your circumstances when you're a child, but you yes. have a control over what they are once you're no longer a child, regardless yes. of what they were at that time. And just think like when you get to this point also, like just, there's a lot to be said for giving back and, and being able to, uh, you know, impact yep. your family and the neighborhoods and all. I mean, it's just, it's I'm, now I'm rambling, but it, it's, there's just so much that you can do with it because you put in the work for these oh, yeah. 10 years. So, oh, and it's, it's, it is amazing because I always tell people to, to piggyback on what you said is that it's not where you start. You, I always tell people, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to get started to be great. And it's not where you start is where you finish. And so no matter what the world throw at you, regardless of your race, your gender, your, um, your sexuality or what have you, you got to keep coming out the corner swinging because that's the only thing. The only thing that's constant is change. And so once you become comfortable with change and you start to really understand how this business works, you can play the cards to your advantage. So most people, when you do the personal residential side, it's the quality of the borrower. So that's the one of four units. The lenders are focused on one, your credit profile, your credit score, two, your income, how long you've been at the job, three, your debt to income ratio. They're concerned about those things, but on the apartment side where you want to scale, it's about the quality of the deal. And so does the deal make enough money to cover the debt service? Is it a 1.25 above where your net operating income is 1.25 times the debt service on an annual basis? is the deal in a great location? Do you have a plan to rehab the property? And then they're going to also say, what is your net worth? Are you going to be the guarantor? Or are you going to be able to get someone else to come to qualify? Because the bank's not going to give you a million dollars, two million dollars. If you are not worth a million, or got someone to sign that saying that they're willing to risk their, their net worth. The other thing they're going to say is, what is your experience? So once you really understand this game, I tell people, look, if you understand the game, you can really not only change your life, but what you can do is what I call transformational wealth. And so we hear a lot about generational wealth, where I buy a house and then 40 years from now, my children will have a house and happy ever after. We move to a different generation. That's not bad and all, but that's cute. But what I'd like to talk about, what we talk about at KJ Consulting is transformational wealth, which is left to right. And what I mean by that is I transform people's lives today. And so when I got, when I buy a million dollar property, I convinced my brother to get his real estate license. He gets a 3% commission. So he gets $30,000. He's able to take his family of five children and his wife out of the Philadelphia area and buy a, a house in Abington, which has a good school, has safe, low crime, able to transform his life today. Not only that, but he works with me on another deal. He's able to give his in-laws $8,000 
they're able to move out of Philadelphia and they're able to buy a duplex. So now they're landlords. So we're transforming wealth as we speak. My business partner in 2018 had zero units. Now he has 60 doors because I coached him and we also partner as well. But now he, before he wasn't a millionaire, now he's a millionaire. So what, what I try to focus on is transformational wealth. How can I transform my students, my family members, my loved ones, lives so they can experience wealth today. It's nice to say 50, 40 years ago, but I think it's very important to think very creatively. Like even my brother um, for my new LLC, he's going to get 5% equity and he doesn't have to put any money into it because I want people, when they work for me and help me, I want them to take pride in the fact that they're not only getting a paycheck, but they also get ownership, which can inspire their loved ones and family members. A lot of people think they're self-made. Unlike them, I am community made. So I'm never going to forget that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that point. And I think that's probably a, a really good segue to uh, sort of the, the questions section of this. Um, and the first one has a lot to do with the name of the podcast being Know Your Why. So so what what is your why? What's what's driving you at this point, Kara? What how do you how do you so, kind of keep motivated to, to keep going? Yeah, yeah. And so for me, it's just like what I said, the transformational wealth. That's what's driving me. So five years, 10 years from now, I want my students, my close friends, my loved ones to be millionaires, if not multimillionaires. I'm already taken care of. I could just be lazy for the rest of my life and don't do anything. But I want the people around me to be able, <laughs> no, but I'm talking about, I want the people around me to own stuff, own assets, own stocks, become successful real estate investors. Use the game plan, the templates that I created and, and ride my coattails. I tell people, you don't have to be a genius to be very successful in America. I can't speak for other countries. I've never lived there. But I know how we can get down in America from being the poorest in America on welfare to being a really well-off guy. Now, I know what it takes. And so that's why I wake up. I'm trying to think creatively about my contractors, about my students, about my family members. How do I help them create transformational wealth? Because at the end of the day, is lonely at the top. So why not invest in everybody that has poured into you um, to take them to the next level? So that's my why. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once you, you know, once you get yourself sort of squared away, how, how nice is it? How, I mean, rewarding too, just to, to bring the people around you up with you and, you know, you've got students and, and uh, that you're coaching and all. I mean, it's just the, you start to see, I mean, one, this is this is sort of correlated in my my sort of life career as a veterinary surgeon. I train residents, and and like legitimately one of my favorite things to kind of see is their transformation from year one to year three when they're finishing, and and just seeing how much better uh, as people and doctors and, and and surgeons they are at that point. Like it just it's like. Because it's one of those things where it's kind of like real estate in the sense that it's not, I, I'm not going to make them a good surgeon in a week, but give me a few years and I will make them a good surgeon. And it's very cool to see that. And it's the same thing with real estate. It's like, you're not going to get wealthy in a week, but in a few years, you're going to, it's going to happen. Like you just, you just put in the work and it will happen. So uh, really, really awesome. I, I love that. Um so the next question is, can you tell us something about yourself that maybe isn't common knowledge, uh, whether that's a, a special skill, a hobby, um, you know, even a guilty pleasure, whatever, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Well, I, I would say what's fascinating is that um, actually before 
while I was working on Wall Street, um, I actually did some professionally modeling. I, I modeled professionally and did world, worldwide campaigns for uh, Disney and Hasbro and Coca-Cola and oh, things cool. like that. So that's, so, a, that's a cool thing that people don't know. You're you're out there. We can we can uh, put a put a link in the show notes to your your modeling campaigns. <laughs> we'll get, oh yeah, that would be funny. Back everybody, <laughs> all your friends will be hitting you up with it, <laughs> giving you a hard time. Yeah, um, that's funny. No, that, that's awesome. Um, okay, so uh, speaking of the show notes, how would you, if people, you know, that when they hear this episode, if they want to reach out to you, uh, maybe get involved in your coaching or just kind of. Um, talk to you about what you've been able to accomplish. How, how would you like them to reach out to you? So the best way to reach out to me is on IG. And my IG is K-A-Y-J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G. So it's KJ Consulting. That is my IG page. I'd like for you to go there, click on the link in the bio section. I'll take you to my website. Um, and my website is www. K-A-Y-J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-N-E-T. Um, so that's www.kjconsulting.net. Um, and that's the best way to reach me is, is on those two, um, those two fronts. And earlier, like how you mentioned, well, I don't believe in one night stand. So what my students, what we do is when I coach you, we give you all the information, our four hour course, but, and that's virtual. But on top of that, and I do it virtual because I don't want you paying for a hotel to fly out here, save that money for your damn payment. But on top of that, we give you a packet of all the info, the terms, our templates, our frameworks. But we decide to also keep in touch with you for the next 12 months doing once a month check-ins and give you access to Jody and I and also my team of brokers and property managers because people need time to work on their down payment, work on their credit profile, and also to work on understanding the material. So I just wanted to highlight that. But again, it's KJ Consulting on IG. Okay, awesome. And we'll, we'll have that in the show notes for people uh, to find it. So thank you. That's a, that I think that's a great, you know, sort of option for people to have and, and being able to sort of keep in touch as they're they're going through that process is, is really fantastic. Um, final question for you, KR. The, the, I, I just want to know, you know, kind of, do you have a piece of advice that you could give to people that were maybe in your shoes when you were getting started? What, what would you tell them um, to help motivate them? And probably, I'm sure these are things that you kind of give to your students as well, but, but maybe uh, one piece of advice that we can kind of put out there for people. Well, I would say the number one thing is to get started is that you have to, and real estate, I would say, in real estate, they take you need two out of three things to pretty much get started in real estate. One, you got to have the grit, be willing to outwork people, and have that determination to follow through on a long-term goal. Uh, two is you got to have the knowledge, and three, you got to have the money. When I first started, I focused on the knowledge part, and I focused on having that grit. And it's very, very important that you master those two elements and make sure that you understand intellectual capital. Uh, monetary, financial capital, and also social capital. Intellectual capital mean that you got to get educated in this real estate space. Either you can take formal classes, or and that means getting get degrees and, and real estate, or you can get a coach or listen to certain podcasts. You want to make sure you educate yourself. The other thing is social capital. Build those relationships because relationships with banks, contractors, brokers, that's going to pay off 
and a financial capitalist understand that piece, whether you get lending from banks or you're raising your own money. So the three C's is very important and then focus on that knowledge and also on that grit. And I think you'll go places you could have never imagined. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's fantastic. Listen, thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I think you've shared a, a ton of knowledge and and really just inspiration, you know, that to show people what what is actually possible. And it's 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 possible uh, for for really, I feel anyone, uh, you know, I think if if I can do it, then anyone else can do it. And uh, I think you're you're a very good uh, inspirational story for people. So it doesn't doesn't matter, you know, kind of where you start to where you finish. All right. Exactly. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to check out. Uh, thanks for coming on and have a good day, everyone.